Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 3 of Riverdale, The Watcher in the Woods. This is also Chapter 16. So the name of this episode is in reference to a 1981 movie of the same title, The Watcher in the Woods, and the IMDb description is, An American family moves into a British country house only to encounter malevolent spirits. The ghost of the owner's daughter, long missing, torments the family's young girl. Cool. Well, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. (laughs) The reference material has nothing in common with the episode in question, but the title works, sort of. Also, just a side note, it is uh, 11 a.m. and it's already 100 degrees here, and I am recording in my car so you can probably hear my air conditioner but it is way too dang hot to not have it like at least half blast on me so I'm sorry but um my need to not die of drowning in my own sweat outweighs your need to not hear back background noise so eh, here we are (laughs) all right so this episode starts with the exhilarating and preposterous news that Moose and Midge both survived. They got shot like seven times. Anyway, Kevin was out quote-unquote night jogging in the woods with a very handsome young man when they heard the gunshots, um, when they heard the gunshots fired into uh, Midge and Moose's car. So both kids made it out alive. Apparently Midge with out a scratch, but Moose ends up in the hospital because he shielded Midge from the bullets. Well, he took like six bullets in the back and is pretty much just like right as rain. I mean, what the hell? He's he's still constrained to a hospital bed, but still, like, he should be dead and in the ground. Like, nobody takes six bullets in the back and, like, is fine. You know? It's cr- so crazy to me. Archie, because of just who he has, who he is as a person, he can't restrain himself from interrogating Moose about the guy who shot him. Like, that's just, ugh. Okay. It sure sounds a lot like the same guy who shot Fred, in that he wore a homemade black hood with the eyes cut out, and the said eyes were greener than, like, a can of lime-flavored LaCroix, so it's intense. But... Archie like have some cooth. I know that he's like really invested in finding this guy but Moose just took six bullets in the back like (laughs) calm down uh Veronica invites the rest of the gang over to (laughs) so okay my notes should just kind of jump into this but so let's let's kind of hash this out so the whole gang is at the student lounge at Riverdale High including Jughead. He doesn't even go here. Why is he there? 
so they're all hanging out before school in the lounge and everybody's talking about like how fucked up their lives are like Archie's dad is still recuperating Jughead's dad is in prison and he's not sure when he's going to get out and Veronica's just like okay but let's talk about what's really important the matchlorette <laughs> oh my god can you even imagine what an episode of The Bachelorette would be like in Riverdale's bonkers ass universe? Like that's insane. But anyway, Veronica invites the whole gang. But what she really wants for all of them, especially Archie, is just to meet her father. She's all in on rebuilding the relationship despite like a whole series of vague ominous warnings from Hermione. But Hiram so he comes out and introduces himself to the gang while they're all there and it's weird but he gives Archie a firm handshake and invites him to dinner so of course Archie thinks he's been accepted but you know the rest of us are all very suspicious it's it's very weird um I kind of wish we would have gotten to see like a clip of the matchlorette I think it would have been fun um and I am not a bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise fan i do not like that shit i think it is problematic at the least like so gross if that's your thing cool watch it if you get like some sort of like guilty pleasure from it that's awesome i used to watch 19 kids and counting like it was porn like i, I couldn't get enough so i get it trash tv is awesome hello that's why we're watching riverdale but still any hoodle. <laughs> Later at home, we see Archie stare like longingly at the gun he got from Dilton Doily. And Archie, put it down. The gun is hidden in a box of comics and assorted junk out in the garage. Great place for a gun to be, just, you know, willy nilly. <sighs> this boy is going to give me an ulcer. Anyway, one of the comic books catches his eye. It's called The Red Circle. So the next thing we know, Archie is pitching an idea to his teammates and like some other miscellaneous kids. He wants to start a watch group of students to look out for the Black Hood. They won't carry weapons or anything. They'll just simply patrol to keep their fellow citizens safe. So like the weapons thing is complete bullshit. We've seen Archie like fawn over this gun. Later, Reggie has like some tool thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pipe in the shape of an X or not a pipe, but like a wrenchy type thing. Fuck. I don't know. Uh, I think it's the thing that they use to take like the bolts of a car when you change your car. I don't know what that's called. Cars go vroom. It gets me from A to B. I don't know. Anyway, that whole no weapons thing is complete bullshit. So, uh, let's move over to Jughead's plot line. Over at Southside High, students are just like blatantly doing Jingle Jangle, aka JJ, out in the open. So, <laughs> and in case you forgot what Southside High looked like in the season one finale, just imagine Sister Act 2 without like the uniforms or funny nuns because I just, I don't get it. Despite this school being straight out of inner city Detroit, they do have assigned school ambassadors, peer mentors to give the new kid a tour, which is still insane to me that that's even a thing but here we meet Tony Topaz she is a living breathing brat stall and drop dead gorgeous she um she's also a Southside serpent she has like pink streaks in her hair and she has this like old-timey camera around her neck to show us that she's a photographer but a hipster photographer like she's a cool photographer so, anyway <laughs> Um, so she's going to be the Betty to his Veronica 
in the pilot, you know, she's going to give him like a little tour. So even though that they're like quick friends, when it comes to lunch, he insists by sitting on sitting by himself, not with the rest of the serpents, despite Tony's warnings that going it alone will make him vulnerable to their rival gang, the Ghoulies, which I can't decide if the Ghoulies is an awesome gang name or like the dumbest one I've ever heard of, but it's a thing. So, um, also that is a reference to Lil Archie though. So that'll probably come up in our uh, most Archie comics moment. On the bright side, Jughead does manage to uh, talk the frazzled English teacher, who is very handsome, and I believe he was on Grey's Anatomy at one point in time. I think I'm remembering that correctly, maybe? Yes. Yeah, he was, like, one of the guys from Mercy West. I don't know. Stop watching that show, like, six years ago, but... So, Jughead talks this English teacher into reviving the school newspaper, which, of course, is named The Red and Black. He says that... He'll write the articles and Tony will take the pictures. I'm not sure that he ever actually asked her if she was on board. He just assumes. So, you know, it seems like she's got a few uh, after school activities already. The The teacher is like, yeah, you, we can revive the, the school newspaper as long as there is no gang member recruiting or drug dealing or talking about drugs or gangs in the newspaper. So he's going to immediately <laughs> break those rules. So after working late on a story that points to the ghoulies as a source of the hard drugs in Clifford Blossom's pipeline, uh, Jughead leaves the darkened school all by himself. And the soundtrack tells us that something bad and scary is about to happen. And this is like after, so God knows how late this is and how long somebody's been waiting at school for him to leave because like Betty's come over and unloaded a bunch of stuff she got him like a coffee pot and things and then Tony stops by and they have a weird moment where like he you know they realize that they're two love interests now and she also brought a coffee pot um and Betty and Jughead make out a lot and like gets real hot and steamy until Tony walks in and so we know that she's gonna be like a real wrench in the in the cog whatever my brain is so frazzled today you guys I've started an earlier shift than normal and uh, waking up at 5 a.m. is not for me apparently (laughs) hopefully I'll, I'll get used to it so I'm a little bit more with it so anyway he gets his ass beat um, walking out of school. To be fair to all parties, we don't know if it was a ghoulie, a serpent, bulldog, black hood, otherwise. We don't know. But later, Jughead explains his bruises to Betty as a result of hitting a pothole on his motorcycle, which is obviously bullshit, and I feel like she knows it deep down. Tony backs him up, even though she knows the truth, and at this point, the first time I saw this episode, I was like, fuck me running. I do not like where this is headed. I know that it's not realistic for Betty and Jughead to just go on without any sort of complications in the relationship, but uh, Tony's so pretty and cool and I like her. And if somebody is going to get in between the ship that I <laughs> I want to make it, she should not be pretty and cool. It's just it's not fair. <sighs> okay, that was my moment of being 15. So 
having learned the lesson that Tony tried to teach him earlier, you know, the hard way, Jughead sits with the serpents at lunch from now on. So that's going to be part of his thing. Despite Sweet Pea's, like, whatever shoved up his ass. I don't know. But uh, Betty finds that someone left a manila envelope labeled Cooper on her porch. And even Archie would be able to tell that this is, like, suspicious AF. But Betty proceeds as if she just receives mysterious packages on the daily. Um, and she drops it off with her mom, like, hey, this one's on the porch. And inside is a friendly note of introduction from a man who identifies himself as the Black Hood and demands that his letter be published in the Riverdale Register. He doesn't take responsibility. Um, oh, he doesn't just take responsibility for the murder of Miss Grundy, the quote-unquote child predator in his words. Yes, that is correct. The rapist would be my words. Um, and the shootings of Fred, the adulterer, and Midge and Moose, the drug and sex-addicted teenagers. And he has also enclosed Grundy's Lolita glasses and Fred's missing wallet as proof. So it's quite clear to us now that this guy thinks of himself as holier than thou, and his M.O. is to wipe out sin wherever he sees it, and apparently Riverdale is just dripping in sin. He says that he is the wolf. He says... I am the wolf. You are the flock. This is the bloodletting. <sighs> so Betty's less interesting sister, Polly, who I think this is the first time we've seen her this season. She understandably flips shit because as an unmarried teenage mother carrying her cousin's child, children, if you will, she's carrying her cousin's children She's well aware that she makes for an extremely murderable target based on this guy's MO. So she takes off after only telling Betty. She doesn't tell her parents, which, I mean, fine. Bye, Felicia. Go back to Once Upon a Time. Peace out. Archie and hot new Reggie embark on the inaugural patrol of the Red Circle in Reggie's old-timey muscle car, which I'm sure gearheads just loved, but... Um, yeah, that's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, uh, Ethel, who you remember from such little projects as Stranger Things and the uh, infamous hot tub episode of something, oh yeah, season one of Riverdale. We know her. Um, so, <laughs> since her parents lost their house after dealing with Hiram Lodge, she must live in the middle of fucking nowhere and has the worst walk home from school ever because Homegirl is just out walking around on this deserted road, like, next to some cornfields or some shit in the pitch black dark. Like, it is dark out there in the middle of nowhere when a very super creepy van creeps circling back to follow her. She calls up Archie. The boys peel out of wherever they are and haul ass to root whatever whatever street to <laughs> that Ethel tells them where she's at just in time to send the vehicle like screeching away just see the van um, peel out which who would have anything on Ethel like if the black hoods after her what what has she ever done she's like the one good kid in this school so after the aforementioned dinner that um, Hiram invited Archie to, Hiram offers Archie some rum, to which he looks at Veronica like, this is a trick, right? I'm being tricked. I can feel it. But, but Veronica urges him to go ahead, and of course, there's like no payoff, unfortunately. She's like, yeah, go ahead. And I was just so bad waiting for Hiram to be like, ha, ah, no teenage drinking. You can't be with my daughter. But whatever. 
Hiram also asks to talk with Archie alone, which Veronica is not okay with. And Hermione is just like very sassy and salty about it. But she's also very uncomfortable because that's like just her character now. Her character is just like bad IBS plus hemorrhoids. That's her face this whole season. Just get used to it. So I don't think that's a spoiler. That's just what she does when Hiram is around. She just looks really uncomfortable. Someone should probably be checking on her. Anyway, alone in Hiram's study, he advises Archie, a child, to go on the offensive against the Black Hood. A violent killer. Like, granted, he didn't kill Fred. He didn't kill Moose and Midge. As Jughead says, he has really bad aim, apparently. <laughs> but, but he did kill Miss Grundy, like, with his hands in, in a bow, a cello bow. But still, like, he didn't use a gun in that one. This, this guy is dangerous. But... I don't know. This whole thing is messed up because this is a moment where I would like to remind Archie where Hiram was for the entirety of season one fucking prison for conning people. Maybe just be suspicious of his intentions a little bit. Jeez. It's not like he was off like on hiatus somewhere, you know, like learning from Sherpas or something. No fucker was in prison. (sighs) Also, Hiram says, don't hurt Veronica and don't ever sneak into her bedroom again. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> the next morning, Veronica, not knowing how problematic the meeting between her father and boyfriend went the night before, she tells Hiram that she wants to take on a more active role in the family business. So what is her endgame here? Like, does she want to be genuinely more involved with her parents' business? Does she just need more attention? Like, I don't understand. Does she know what her parents' business is? Does she want to get into the exciting racketeering market? Like, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Over in Hookup Forest, uh, good old Cruising Kevin approaches a park Thunderbird or Firebird. Fuck, I don't know the difference, but there's a giant-ass bird on the hood for all you car people. This is like the car person's episode. There's going to be another one later on this season, but like, Jesus Christ, so much, so many car things this episode. Uh, the driver who we don't see his face, he's wearing a ball cap kind of pushed down over his head, but he looks a lot like my stepsister's husband. And that kind of freaked me out. Um, but he offers Kevin a ride, which Kevin nearly accepts until he's overcome by a vision of this man stabbing him in the gut, sending me into a panic. I might add, because they didn't make it very apparent that it was a vision. I thought Kevin got promoted to series regular. And then in episode three of season two, they fucking killed him off. I was pissed. Also, this guy in the car does not look like the same build and everything as the black hood that we've seen, but whatever. So this is a good point when I would like to say, always trust your instincts. If something feels fishy, just get out of it. But most importantly, don't get in random cars with strangers. Like that should not be an option, Kevin. No matter if there's a serial killer running around in your town or not. So all y'all listen to me now. No matter how hard up you are for someone to touch your junk, which we know that is like when you're in high school, everybody's just constantly horny. But do not ever get in a stranger's car, especially if there is a bird painted on the hood. Jesus. 
Kevin's dad is waiting up for him when he gets home from his run. Betty, who's been just losing her mind with worry over Kevin's cruising, she's apparently come over and narked on him. So Kevin's like, oh, I was just studying with Betty. And Sheriff Keller's like, oh, yeah? Because Betty was over here telling me what you were actually doing, and I don't fucking think so. As TV watchers, we're conditioned to expect, like, a scream lecture about abstinence and, like, you know, all this stuff about, you know, basically not having sex. But Sheriff Keller surprises us with some very woke parenting. I'm, I'm very surprised. He says that he only wants Kevin to be safe, and there are some things that they don't talk about, a.k.a. He, his homosexuality, but maybe they should. They should talk some more. They hug. Kevin cries. I teared up a little bit. Moving on. The next day at school, though, when Betty smiles at Kevin in the hallway, he throws, like, approximately 1,000 pounds of shade and very frostily walks away. He is not happy with her. Um, Archie wraps up the episode with the most embarrassing shit to ever grace fake YouTube screen. He stands in front of, like, a dozen shirtless, some fully clothed, some shirtless teen boys in red masks. And really, they're more hot pink than red. But... Maybe that's just my TV. I don't know. <laughs> they record a message to the Black Hood. And he says, We're called the Red Circle, and we're coming for you. We will find you. We will hunt you. And we will end you. God, it was, it was so bad. So bad. Um, we see Hiram looking just pleased as punch as he watches the final product on YouTube, I guess. I don't know. Was it actually YouTube? Did they make up a fake YouTube name like Bluetooth or something? I don't know. I don't remember, but, um, we have no idea what Hiram's intentions are, but it very well might be just to ruin Archie's social standing. So he'll stop diddling his daughter. I don't know. It could be that he's trying to get Archie killed by the Black Hood. I'm not sure, but either way, it's messed up. And that is the episode. Zzz, Riverdale. All right. So, um, for the most Archie Comics moment, I, you know, we mentioned the ghoulies and everything. Um, also, Tony Topaz is a character from the comics. Um, she's a pretty new character. I think she's premiered in the last five or ten years. I don't really know. But she's not that far off from the one on the show. The comic Tony and show Tony are pretty similar. So comics Tony is like a total badass motorcycle chick with pink streaks in her hair. She's bi in the comics. She might even be just a lesbian, but I, I know she's at least bi. Um, and so at this point we have to hope that that'll be included in the show. And yes, I have seen all of season two, and, but I'm trying really hard to not give spoilers. So, um, so those of you who have also seen all of season two, you know what Tony's relationship um, future looks like from this point on, but if you're brand new, just know that it is hopeful for inclusion as far as like diversity goes. So it's, it's wonderful. I'm very happy to see that. Um, for, uh, the big, <laughs> the best blossom burn, <laughs> Cheryl, she has like nothing to do in this episode. It's really kind of sad, but she says, Oh, Kevin, you precious beautiful, compulsive piece of trash. 
it's really like only one of Cheryl's three lines and like, no, really I counted them, (laughs) but also, uh, so she says that as she sees Kevin tell Betty that like, he's not going to go cruising in the forest at night anymore because there's a serial killer on the loose, but then he immediately runs out of props out to the forest. So whatever. Um, as an honorary blossom burn, I'm going to give it to Hermione when she sees Veronica be like kind of bummed that she didn't get invited to daddy's study. She says, no need to be so thirsty, Veronica. Like, damn, (laughs) is she jealous of her daughter? It's weird. There's like almost some sexual tension there, which is kind of creepy. Like we have enough incest on this show. We don't need any more. Um, We'll move into our good, bad, funnies. So my good this episode, I really like that Kevin had a plot line. It was nice to see him be more active than just like Betty's hype man. And somebody's staring at me and keep walking, bitch. Okay. Sorry. As you all know, I am in my, the parking lot of my work. So have to do what we have to do. Um, but it was also a relatively realistic portrayal of both how stupid teenagers are when they're horny, which we've already said is all the time, and just make poor decisions. There are so many times when I look back to, like, when I was, like, anywhere from 13 to 21, where I'm like, how did I not get murdered? How? How am I still here to tell this very embarrassing story? Blows my mind. Um, So I like that it, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a gay forest in my town, but I know cruising is a real thing. That is a thing that a lot of, um, gay men and women have had to do in order to, um, oh, there's a train. How lovely. This is a great audio episode. (laughs) I bet you guys are so glad you tuned in for this. Sorry. It's such a shit show. Um, well, an even bigger shit show than it normally is, but whatever. (laughs) My bad this week, I find it just borderline appalling at how they treat Cheryl's character in this episode. Like, I know they can't all be great episodes and they can only do so much with the bazillion storylines that they have going on. But in this episode in particular, yikes, like they just do not know what to do with her. Like they have nowhere to put her in any of these stories. So she's just kind of there. And like, yes, she's been mischievous before and is in the mood for chaos and stuff. But like, Cheryl should never be in the background smirking. She deserves to be in the forefront in the shit, you know? I don't know. It was, like, almost irresponsible writing. For my funny this week, I mean, like, we're all supposed to laugh at that YouTube video, right? Because I might never stop. It was so bad. It has to be a joke. Has to be. (sighs) Okay, so for changes this week, for one, I would put shirts on those underage boys before posting a video on the web. Duh. And also, we meet a character named Sweet Pea, and I just need confirmation on whether or not his parents are Olive Oil and Popeye. It is a comic connection. Not necessarily an Archie comic connection, but these are the things that people need to know. Come on, Roberto. Jeez. Uh, for theories this week, so I'm recording this like two weeks, 
not two weeks, like several weeks after the season two finale. So I hate to even like fake theorize about the Black Hood because I don't want to give any spoilers. I just, I don't know. I, maybe we need to cut these out of the episodes where like we're going over past like real past um, episodes, like the ones that didn't air last night. So, and not last night, last night, but the night before we record, you know what I mean? I don't know. Tell me what your theories are. If you're not caught up yet, let's do that. Okay. You can, you can find me at Sheree on Twitter and Instagram. You can email me at real housewives of Riverdale at gmail.com. You can reach out to Ashley if you want to my, uh, sometimes co-host. She is at ashjohn13. Um, you know, whatever. Um, for Sabrina news, we don't have a lot. <laughs> there is now an option on Netflix to add it to your queue. So that's something. Um, I'm assuming the launch date will be announced at Comic-Con this year. This is Monday, the day after Comic-Con. <laughs> it was this past weekend. I haven't seen anything yet. I didn't get to pay as close attention as I did last year to a lot of the Comic-Con goings on. Um, but if you, if you see anything, let me know. I'm certainly going to uh, keep looking and we'll, um, hopefully have something to announce by the next time I record, but I didn't see a lot out of the Sabrina camp, um, from Comic-Con this year. Saw a lot from Riverdale. Uh, they did release a season two trailer or season three trailer for Riverdale. The reason why I was confused there is because it was 90% shit from season two. It was literally all clips from season two with one little bitty shot of Labor Day where, okay, so if you are caught up to the end of season two, there is a season three trailer out there. Just know that it's, it's not the best trailer. It is definitely not as good as the trailer that we got last year at Comic-Con because almost everything in the season three trailer are scenes from season two. It's like a refresher, which I mean, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. But, um, we'll probably try to do, uh, like a mini episode with me and Ashley on our reactions to the, to said trailer, because the, the two clips that we got from season three that we haven't seen yet, there are some things we need to talk about. Faux show. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh, also in Riverdale news, Penelope Ann Miller, who is in like all the movies back in the early nineties, she has been on set in both Machen and Skeet have mentioned how excited they are to work with her. IMDb doesn't have her listed for Riverdale yet, so we don't know for sure who she's playing, but most people assume she's either playing Gladys Jones, Jughead's mom, or potentially a girlfriend from Mary Andrews. Very interesting. Either way, both of these sound awesome, and I'm super excited. I can't wait to see what's going on there. Speaking of Skeet, we'll move into our Skeet's dadgram corner. On July 1st, Machen posted a video of her, like, sort It's like a mini video. You know how Instagram is. Um, sort of wrapped up in, like, this beautiful tulle fabric. And Skeet's comment was, You can even make mosquito netting look chic. Red heart emoji. Aww so sweet and so dorky. I just love it. Oh, I love, especially when those two have banter. It's just so cute. And Skeet was all over Instagram this weekend at Comic-Con. It was adorable. Um, it was great. I loved it. So check that out. 
and okay kids I think that is it for this week I know it was another short one but it's kind of hard to go in depth on these ones that I've seen a million times <laughs> because I'm a dork um, I'm sure I could do like a full two-hour podcast about each one of these but I won't beginning of season two is rough for me at least in my opinion it was not their best work so it's kind of hard for me to like wax poetic about it um but anyway be sure to tune in next week when we cover season two episode four chapter 17 the town that dreaded sundown um don't forget to subscribe rate and review as you know this really helps us out it helps us with the algorithms and everything all iTunes reviews will be read aloud on the podcast. The reason why you haven't heard any in a long time is because we haven't had any new ones in a long time. Please review. It It seriously fuels my mood for like weeks on end. Like sometimes I just go look at the ones that are already up and I'm like, I'm, I'm like practically high for like the next couple of hours. So especially the ones that aren't left there by my friends. <laughs> um, complete strangers reviews make the world go round for me. So, um, and if you're reviewing somewhere else and I just am not seeing it, let me know. And I'll review, I'll read that aloud too. So, um, reach out to me. Like I said earlier, if you want to chat, um, you can reach me at Sharibi and that's C H E R I E E B E E on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can email me any thoughts that you have about my recaps or reviews. Um, if you have skeet stuff that I might have missed because, you know, Instagram doesn't show me every time he comments, which is a sin and they should know better, but whatever. Or if you have a better blossom burn, even if it's not from a blossom, if you have a burn that you think should be an honorary blossom burn, send it over. Let me know and we will read it on air. Um, all that can be sent social media or you can send it to real housewives of Riverdale at gmail.com. And I think that's it guys. I am starving Marvin right now. I am going to go eat me some Southwestern vegetable soup because that's what you want when it's hundred degrees soup. <laughs> it is freezing in my office, so it does work. But, um, but yeah, anyway, until next week. And, um, when we, um, talk about season two, episode four, we might may or may not have like a mini episode about the season three trailer, um, or just our thoughts on season two as a whole. But, um, until then hang out and, uh, I don't know what, watch the match the red, I guess. <laughs> Bye guys. We'll make the winter springtime and jingle jangle sing time. Right on to the summer and the fall. So darling, don't be weak.